Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. They call this Good Friday for a reason. If you think about all the things that Jesus went through, you would be tempted to call it Bad Friday, but it's called Good Friday for a reason. That's why we celebrate. At the Last Supper, Jesus was with his disciples. Let me take you to the scene. Jesus is there. All his disciples are there. They're probably yucking it up, having a good time. Matthew, Mark was there, Luke, James, Peter, Judas. They were all there. Yet they had no idea was about what was about to happen. They had no idea that Jesus was about to be betrayed. They had no idea that Jesus was about to be crucified. But Jesus knew. See, when Jesus was born, he had a responsibility. He had a purpose. When he was in that manger, he had a responsibility. He didn't know it yet. When he was growing up as a little boy, he had a responsibility. And we're going to focus on that word tonight, responsibility. Matthew 26, 20, when it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the 12. While they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one asked in turn, am I the one, Lord? He replied, one of you who has just eaten from this bowl with me will betray me. For the Son of Man must die, as the Scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it would be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. Imagine the table. They're all there. They're sharing a meal together. Jesus just tells them that someone's going to turn him in. Someone's going to betray him. Matthew said, is it me, Lord? Am I the one? John, am I the one? James, am I the one, Lord? Peter, am I the one, Lord? They all go around asking if they're the one. They've been with Jesus for years. They've been sharing with him. They've been traveling with him. They've seen the miracles. They've seen him do things that no one's ever done. The prophecies were being fulfilled right in front of their eyes. Yet, they're asking the question if they're the one that's going to betray Jesus. Jesus. 
Matthew 26, 25. Judas, the one who would betray him, also asked, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus told him, you have said it. Now take note, Judas had already schemed to betray Jesus. Yet he's asking Jesus, am I the one? He's the only one that calls him rabbi, meaning teacher. A sign of respect. Yet he already betrayed him. He had already been paid to betray him. In his thoughts and in his mind, he had already done it. It was premeditated. You know, many times when we sin and we do, we do something wrong, it starts in our mind. We think about it. Sometimes we play it out in our mind. That's why the Bible says in Romans 12, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, that's where it starts. It started there with Judas. He had thought it and acted on it. Matthew 26, 14 says this. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, how much will you pay me to betray Jesus? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. Say that with me. Say 30 pieces. How much do you think it was really worth to betray Jesus, the Son of God? 30 pieces of silver. How much? 50? 100? 1,000 pieces? A million pieces? You know, I did some research. And uh, 30 pieces of silver back then was worth about a month's salary. So think about your salary if you work and how much you make and add it up for about a month. And that's how much he was paid to betray the Son of God. The scriptures then go on to say from that time on, Judas went looking for opportunity to portray Jesus. After Judas meets with the priests, that's when the Last Supper happens. When Jesus calls out Judas and exposes Judas, Judas to himself, Judas gets up and leaves. He gets up and leaves the table. You know, it's interesting that while that's happening at the table, that none of the other 11 knew what was going on. They all asked, am I the one? And then Judas asked Jesus, Rabbi, am I the one? And Jesus says, yes, basically, yes, you're the one. All the 11 are there. With everything that's going on, they don't even notice what's happening right in front of them. They don't even realize the significance of that moment. You know how often... We, as believers, are distracted by the noise that's going on around us. The noise, it's so loud. So many distractions. The noise. Maybe God is trying to tell us something and we can't hear it. 
We can't hear him. He's just whispering to us because of the noise. COVID-19 is going on. We're so focused on that. We're distracted by the media. Don't get me wrong. It's a real pandemic. It's serious, life-threatening. People have died. Yet God is saying, hello, I'm here. Can I talk with you for a little while? The elections that just happened, the political unrest, all the division, everything that was going on, the protests, the noise, God is saying, hello, hello. Can you spend a little time with me? Do you have room for me in your schedule? Can you turn the world off for a moment? You know, later that evening, Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. Let's read that, Matthew 26, 39. He went on a little farther and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. See, Jesus knew his responsibility. He knew that he came to earth to do this. As a man, though, he was frightened. As a man, he experienced pain. As a man, he experienced the emotional roller coaster of being betrayed by a friend, yet still loving him. For everything that happened up to that point and everything that was about to happen, though, he was prepared. You see, everyone here has a responsibility. When life happens, we have a choice. When good things happen, here's our responsibility. Our responsibility is give God credit when good things happen. That's a responsibility that we have as believers. When challenges come our way, we also have a responsibility. I'll tell you a little bit about me. On March 6th, some of you know this, 2018, I got a doctor's report. It said cancer was in my body. Scanned me from here all the way down to my waist. In shock, I felt great. Felt like I could run a mile. That's about all I could run, maybe. (laughs) So you're like, a mile? I run 10 every day. That's Pastor Dwayne. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. I swim five miles and then I, then I, you know, bike for 20, as Pastor Dwayne, before 5 a.m. <laughs> oh, man. I was shocked. But I had a choice to make. I had a responsibility. That responsibility, though, started in my mind. My responsibility was to live out the faith that I sang about every week. That was my responsibility. See, when I became a Christian and became one of Christ's disciples, my responsibility at that point was to use every opportunity that I had to point to Jesus, especially when the unexpected happens. Listen, you get called into your boss's office. He says, you're out of a job. Pack up your things. 
What's your responsibility at that point? I'll tell you what it is. Quote James 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith proves perseverance. Say that word to me. Perseverance. Say that with me. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many in here don't want to lack anything? That's me. You square your shoulders back and you say, God's got something better for me. That's what you do. Maybe you're a high school or a college student in here. Things are getting tough. Classes are getting harder. And now things are online. I don't even know what that's like. Students are really struggling right now. They can't be with their students. They can't be with their friends. They don't build a relationship with their profs and with their teachers. Having a tough time. What's your responsibility as a student? You square your shoulders back and you quote Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As a matter of fact, if you're a student right here in this place, raise your hand, whatever age you are. Raise your hand. Let me see it. Let me see it all over. Raise them high. Raise them high. All right, I want you to repeat this after me. Students, repeat this scripture with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, do you believe that? You need to believe that. That's your responsibility as a student. You can get through it. And I know there's many students in here. I know some of you. You know, that same morning I got the call from the doctor, was processing that information. I had to encourage myself. Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever gone through something where you needed to just encourage yourself? You didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I have a wife. I have two kids. I have parents. I don't want to talk to them. Have you gone through something where you just didn't want to see anybody? You didn't want to talk? Anybody been in that, in that position where something's going on? It's like, you know, I just don't want to talk to anybody right now. You're just processing it because you're human. You have feelings. You have emotions. Some of you have been through some of these types of things. But see, that's when the enemy comes to infiltrate your mind. And he's trying to get you to fear. And his job, the enemy's job, is try to get you to believe something that's contrary to God's word. Trying to get you to give in to fear, but your responsibility is not to focus on your situation. Your responsibility is not to focus on your problems or the mountain that's in your way. Your responsibility is to focus on the God who can get you out of that situation, who can move that mountain when you speak to it. That's your responsibility. How do you do that, you ask? That's when you take the authority that God has given you and you speak to yourself, saying, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Hmm. I'm a child of the king. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. That's your responsibility. Do you believe that today? You know, we come to church every week and we sing songs like I'm no longer a slave to fear. Do you really believe that? We can't just sing those words. Second Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So our responsibility is to live a life that reflects Christ that's in us. See, the world won't understand when they see you walking around like you have purpose. They won't understand it. I might not see it yet, but I'm walking out my victory. I might not see it yet, but I'm walking out my victory. I might not see it yet, but I'm walking out my victory. I might not have that job yet, but I'm believing for it. 
They gave me that doctor's report, but I'm, I'm walking out my healing. I'm walking out my healing. The world won't understand that. But that's what you need to do. I'm walking it out. I'm walking it out. See, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, they took him to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, for a trial. But he couldn't find no fault. Let's look at that. Luke 23, 20. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. For the third time, he demanded, why? What crime has he committed? I find no reason to sentence him to death. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. But see, that wasn't good enough for the crowd. They kept yelling, kill him, kill him, crucify him. So Pilate finally gave in and released the other prisoner, Barabbas, who was on trial for murder, by the way. And he sentenced Jesus to death by crucifixion. So they took Jesus away and they made him carry his own cross. Now that wasn't some two by fours that you, that you see at Lowe's, <laughs> okay? That was a tree. When they do those crosses, they cut trees down and they just nail it. So he's carrying a tree on his back. How heavy do you think that was? As he was carrying it, they could see that he wasn't going to make it, so a nearby soldier had to help him. See, he had been beaten, he had been flogged, he had been spit on, he had been slapped and whipped. A crown of thorns was not just placed on his head. A crown of thorns was pushed on his head. So I want you to take a moment and take yourself back to that scene where you're looking at Jesus walking up that hill. There's blood streaming down. His back was ripped to shreds from being beaten and whipped with a whip with metal shavings in it. Before even being nailed to the cross, he was so bloody. He was so tired. He couldn't walk barely. He couldn't talk before he was even nailed to the cross for you. He was doing that for you. He was doing that for you, for you. He was doing that for you. He was doing that for me. He looked 2,000 years into the future and saw you, and saw you. Those worshiping online, he saw you. He said, I'm going to pay for your sins so you don't have to pay for them. He was innocent. He didn't deserve to die. We did. Yet John 3.16, the most familiar passage in the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 15 says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. He took his last breath and said, it is finished. 
But notice he said, it is finished. He didn't say, I'm finished, because he wasn't done. Jesus conquered death and the grave. He died and rose again with all power in his hands. He won once and for all. It is now finished, and we celebrate the resurrection and life. We're going to have a great celebration this weekend. That's definitely something to celebrate. We're going to have a great celebration this weekend, tomorrow and Sunday. I hope you're planning on coming and planning on bringing someone with you. Bring your neighbor, maybe that neighbor that you don't want to talk to. Everybody's got them. <laughs> don't act like you don't. <laughs> Come on now. Kind of get outside of your box and invite them, bring them. You never know what God is trying to use you to do. There have been times in my life where I didn't want to talk to a certain person and I just became bold and just did it and God moved. So just be open. We're going to celebrate this weekend. But today, we remember the cross. and how you and I would have no hope if it wasn't for the cross. When Jesus was born, he had one responsibility. That was to reconcile us back to God. See, Romans 4.25 says this. When he was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Everything he did, everything he endured was to fulfill that responsibility. Now we have the right to the tree of life. Now we can live in the fullness that God intended from the very beginning. He has nothing but good for us. A famous scripture in Jeremiah 29, I know the plans that I have for you plans for good and not to harm, to give you a hope and a future. For each single person in here, God has a purpose for you. He sacrificed his son for you. Because of Jesus, we are free again. What a gift. The ultimate sacrifice paid so when our time on earth is done, we can spend eternity in paradise with Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the cross. How many are thankful for the cross? I want us to do something right now. I want us just to take a moment individually, just you and God, and just thank God for Jesus and thank Jesus for taking our place on the cross. Just take a few moments and I just want you to personally thank God and thank Jesus. Just right now, just you yourself, just a moment.
You know, when we think about the disciples and how it's easy to judge each disciple that asked Jesus if they were the one. And you think about Judas and how we can easily judge and, and, and get angry at Judas, saying, how could he do that? How could he betray Jesus? And we look at that, at what happened. But I want each of us to, to think about yourself and what you can do, what I can do, because we know in the end, we win. So we have, we have Jesus in our lives. So what responsibility are you gonna take when you meet someone in the store or in the school? What's your responsibility? What do you think God would have you do? It's not really that difficult. There's a lot of fear going on right now. So many reasons to stay away from people. You have your mask on, you have your mask off. Did you get the vaccine? Did you not? Think about this. What if, what if that's going on for the next three years? I curse that. <laughs> I mean, do we really know? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do with that? What do you think God wants you to do? What do you think God is asking each single person in here what their responsibility is when all of this is going on in the world? Do you think he's up there looking at them going, wow, I hope they figure out this mask thing. Do you think he's saying that? Wow, I hope they all get vaccinated. Do you think God is thinking that? <laughs> Praise God for the vaccine, for the vaccine, you know. Praise God for the masks. Those things are needed. Those things are good. What I'm saying is, what do you think God is asking each one in here? What do you think he's really wanting you to do, your life, to make a difference here on this earth? What a privilege it is to get to live in this day when we know that Christ died for us and rose again and gave us a reason <laughs> to live because we have eternal life. Isn't that good news? Let's bow our heads, if you would. You know, to get a job, you need certain qualifications to get that job. But you don't need special qualifications for salvation. In here, or maybe online, there may be some that don't have the relationship with Jesus that you would like to have. 
You might think it's too late, but it's not. You might say, well, I've done, a, I've, I've done way too much. No, you haven't. You might be thinking, there's no way <clears throat> that God could forgive me for what I've done. Yes, there is. You might be thinking, there's no way I can turn around everything that I, that I did or that could be erased. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Tonight is your night. So in a few moments, you're going to be given the opportunity to seal that relationship with Jesus the Savior that many of us here share. Or maybe, you know, maybe you've done that. Maybe you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, but you haven't been living the life that he would be pleased with, and you're ashamed. Or you're thinking, you know what? I've messed up, and I used to go to church. I don't go much anymore. I used to read the Bible. I don't read the Bible much anymore. But you know what Jesus says to that? He says, come. My arms are open wide. You know, the Bible says that nothing will separate you from God's love. Nothing, no matter what you've done. Nothing. You can always come back home. Don't let this moment pass you by. Let today, Good Friday 2021, be the day that you allow Jesus to turn your life around. He turned my life around, and he will turn your life around. It's very simple. So in a moment, we're just going to count to three, and I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And if there's anyone in here that wants to take that step for the first time, or, or maybe wants to turn their life around and just start over, going to give you the opportunity to do that. God loves you, and he loves everyone equally. Here we go. I'm going to count. Raise that hand if that's you in here, and also online. One, two, three. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. If that's you. See that hand? See that hand? Raise your hand. It's nice and high so we can see. See those hands? Awesome. If you're doing it online, awesome. Let's pray this prayer together as a family. Say, Dear Jesus, here I am, your child. Today, I choose to follow you. Today, I receive the forgiveness that you give me. I believe that Jesus died and rose again with all power in his hands. I receive that forgiveness. I thank you for dying for me.
And today, I will follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give him a hand, everybody. I saw those hands. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.